on today's episode of Gathering the Kings. Once upon a time, made a massive decision. I'm going to tell the story, and then I'll come back to the decision. Made a massive decision, and when it hit our client base, we lost almost 50% of our client base. What's up, everybody? I'm Chaz Wolf, Gathering the Kings podcast. i got a special guest, another podcaster, an amazing business owner. He's going to teach me how to do this podcast here today. I got Donnie Bovine here on the King stage. Donnie, thanks for being here, brother. I'm a jazz dude, man. I'm stoked to hang out with you. Our conversation already, the energy, the vibe, man, I think we're going to have a fun time, man. So thanks for inviting me in here today. 100%. I took one, one little glance at your website, and I was like, cut from the same cloth. This is going to be awesome. And so that was last week. I had to do it again this morning because there's a lot of things that happened between prep a week ago. But I've been excited for a week right. for this conversation. Really appreciate your time. Thanks for being here. Tell us what kind of business that you got, my brother. So we have a company called Success Champions, and we run peer groups all across North America, and it's fixing to expand into Europe. But there are virtual business communities where we help your up-and-coming business owners grow their businesses. And there's a lot of guys that were like me that left corporate America and decided to trick out on their own and say, okay, I'm going to do this whole business thing. And... Got out there to only realize that building a company is the toughest thing they've ever done in their life. So it is. a lot of people make themselves an island because they don't want people to know how bad the business actually is. Yeah. So we create a place where they can come learn, collaborate, and grow together and currently have the fastest growing peer group organization in the country right now. Uh, maybe in the world, but in the country for sure. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, we're cut from the same cloth of just the ability or the desire, rather, maybe to create collaboration, create connection points for entrepreneurs. And it's not so much necessarily because like we can't do it in that siloed fashion, but it just gets done a whole lot faster and better when we have the collaboration. Would you agree with that? Yeah, 100%. I tell you, when I went through my hardest struggle in life, which was building a company, almost lost everything in the process. I completely made myself an island. I, I didn't want anybody to know how bad things were. And I thought, oh, in addition to that, the reaching out for help or asking for help from anybody was a huge sign of weakness because that's how I was brought up. Yeah. So now you got the conundrum of, you don't want people to know how bad it is. You can't ask for help because that makes you weak. And misery loves company. So you spend more time trying to make yourself miserable in the process. Yeah. All the while bailing water the entire time, hoping the whole boat doesn't sink. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's a uniqueness of that moment to be able to break through. I want to get to that. Before I do, though, why are you doing this? Why? You kind of gave us just a little bit of the practicality of you You had some pain. But what's the bigger picture for you? What's the burning desire on the inside of Donnie? As I was going through trying to build this company early on, man, I wish somebody was swung around and said, hey, dude, keep going. You got this. Or, hey, go this direction. But nobody was doing it. You had all of these big name people that were saying, he started a business, anybody can be an entrepreneur. And entrepreneur became this buzzword that was like another MLM, right? You can be a millionaire overnight. You know, I made seven figures in 30 days and all this crap you kept hearing. Full disclosure, I bought somewhat into that hype. And that's one of the reasons I jumped ship to start my own company. And as I got out there going through it, nobody was helping people. So interestingly enough, I started sharing up all my screw ups and everything that I was not understanding and figuring out business in hopes of getting advice from people. And people started asking me questions. I'm like, wait, don't ask me. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm still trying to figure all this out. But what I found is there was just thousands upon thousands of other people that were in the same boat that I was, that mm -hmm. didn't know how to do this, didn't know how to build a business, didn't know how to put all the things together. And I'm like, by God, if I can just teach the things that I'm learning 
So I started teaching the things that I was learning and it was basic stuff. And people were like, oh my God, nobody ever says it. Nobody's talking like that. Yeah. And so I just said, all right, man, here's my mission. I'm going to hundred percent get as many people to freedom through building a business as I possibly can. Because look, we all left, most of us left some sort of corporate gig. We don't want to create a crappy job for ourselves. We don't, a lot of them don't want to build this big corporate empire. We just want to get to freedom so we can live a cool life and not be a slave to the desk or a slave to whatever else. So this for me is like give away a piece of knowledge I got for free just so we can reach as many freaking people as possible. Yeah. I love that, man. I love the transparency there. And I think that you're right. When you're selling an environment or fulfillment or freedom, information is transferable. I can transfer information today. You can share about your stories and uh, experiences, but it's still left up to the other person to go execute or implement. But what you provide alongside of Gathering the Kings, and we're very similar in this way, where it's like, if we're running together, I can give you the information, but yep. rather than you walking away by yourself and being an island like you talked about, we can do it together. And there's a power in the community or the peer-to-peer, -peer, as you mentioned. We don't both have to have it all figured out, but we're just, we're running hard together. What would you say to that? No, it's 100%. If you think about it, all successful businesses have boards of directors. They have teams of people that are that's right. collaborating on different projects and different programs. And that's the, what the, we launched the peer groups was to create that environment for business owners. And there's something to be said when you can get a group of individuals together that are really trying to go for it, really trying to create something. And man, you get them all collaborating. Holy hell, just hold on and watch what comes out of that because... Yeah. You know, it's like you take a bunch of Marines and before Marine, but you take a bunch of Marines and you put them in a room with the ball bearing, they're going to break the damn ball bearing. It's the same thing with entrepreneurs, man. It's kind of like you put them all in a room and say, okay, let's go focus. Let's go create something. Let's go freaking build something and yeah. watch them collaborate and come together. And the fireworks that happen afterwards is amazing, but you got to get around people that are going for it as hard as you're going for it because you don't want to be the top dog. You don't want to be the hind end either. You want to be around people that one day you're sitting up top, the next day somebody's kicking your ass. The next day you're going up and say, you're constantly running and you're not pulling people up. You're challenging people to run as hard or faster than you are. Man, you create that environment and there's no holding you back. Yeah. It's just a cool yeah. place to be. It is. You're right. I couldn't agree more. I'm looking forward to running with guys like you even. And that's what we're doing right now, even on podcasts. Like people don't realize it doesn't have to be Right. In a meeting format, like we're literally growing and doing this thing that you're talking about right now. And so encouragement to the listener. I would tell you, you listeners, man, the greatest networking tool on the planet is podcasting and podcast guesting. There's no other tool that I've found to meet with some extraordinary people. Some of the biggest business relationships I've had and created have come from either having guests on my show or being guests on other shows. Because the conversation before and after is where all the magic happens. Yeah. And then you get an opportunity to sit down with somebody and provide value. God, it's a huge win for everybody. It is. It is. And also, too, tell me about what I already know based on the things you've said, how you feel about this. But there's a linchpin in what you're talking about with podcasting or any other value in between relationships is that it has to be in a place of I'm just coming down to sit at the table. I'm not necessarily looking for anything. I know that there's going to be value here, but I'm open to providing value and then just seeing where the value is for me. And it's a little bit of an open-handedness. Like I'm willing to give knowing that I'm going to get back. Like, obviously that's the law of reciprocity, but I'm not like coming in with an agenda. Is this how you do it as well? 
I'm going to change up this thought process just a little bit because I was the guy for many years that just gave, right? I just okay. gave. And what I found is over the years being just the giver, you get walked on. You have people take advantage of you, right? People That's come right. after you good graces. So I had to change up my own personal philosophy to this idea of give, take, give. Okay. So in my head is you're going to give to a four to one ratio. So that's going to give, maybe you make an introduction for somebody. Maybe right. you open a door for somebody. Maybe it's a knowledge transfer, but if you have to take, if you never take, you're never going to get where you want to go. So you give, you take, and then you give again. And I'll tell people, oftentimes there's people that you're sitting across from that have connections that could completely transform and change your world. But you're not so asking. if you need those connections, open those doors for them. And then when you open a couple of doors, ask for those introductions, ask for those conversations, ask for that knowledge transfer. And when they give it to you, give them back. And a give can be a lot of different things, but you have to take. Otherwise, people are just going to walk all over you and take advantage of you. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that, uh, I think that the natural, maybe not natural, but the 20-year sales veteran in me knows to ask. And so I sometimes maybe I forget to say that. So I appreciate that, that add-on there. I think that's super valuable. What that made me think of is that there's incredible relationships that I have, family, business, acquaintances, associates, close, far. But inside of this context that you just built for us, if there is no giving and taking, then it's actually not a mutually benefiting scenario. It is totally one-sided and 100%. that relationship will only last for so long because there's no back and forth. Would you agree? Yep. Yep. That's where transactions come from. I'm not a fan of transactions. I don't like transaction. I want lifetime value. So for me, lifetime value is I want to be around other people that want to give as much as I do, but also want to take from that conversation, right? I want that environment. You'll run into people from time to time that are like, man, I would never introduce anybody to my family, or I'd never introduce anybody to my clients or these type of things. And those are people that are coming from a very broke mindset, a very oh, yeah. freaking desperation mindset. And it, it's a good qualifier for me. I think you could sit across from anybody in the world and make a key introduction for that person that would bring them a ton of value. And I don't care where they are because everybody's looking for something. And part of our job in this give, give, take, give mentality is to understand what the hell they're looking for. And that may be a person, that may be information. And if you go out of your way to give them that information, watch them come back and support you. And then you oh, better yeah. turn around and pay that favor again because that last give on there and you continue this process, and that's how you keep your ass top of mind. That's how you get people to remember who you are. And if you do open the right door for somebody and maybe it leads to amazing business or amazing relationships or whatever else, dude, they're not going to forget you. Yeah. You know, a little before this conversation, I just got off the call with a 31 year old younger guy and he's really moving heavy into the VR space and virtual reality. And I'm like, dude, that's something we've been looking for and trying to get into. And he's like, let's partner up. I'll walk you through it and everything else. And dude, I'm going to do everything in my power to blow this kid's business up and make it as big as possible because he's provided me so much value with something we were looking for. So I'm going to go out of my way to open as many doors for him right. and help him really freaking explode in all this. Yeah, absolutely. I think just the listeners may not have picked this up yet, but I know you and I have because we're smart cookies here, but Donnie and I have similar businesses, like similar enough to where some people might be like, well, why would you have Donnie on your show? Or Donnie, why would you want to be on his show? <laughs> and it's because first off, 
there's abundance. First off, just straight out of the gate, Donnie already Absolutely. said it. You can't operate in a lack. And what can I learn from this guy? What can he learn from me? What can introduction can I make for him? Vice That's versa. Well, who can I meet through this guy? I don't know. And so you just open up your mind. You open up your hand, reach it out and shake some guy's hand. Whether you think that there's value there or not, I don't know. But give, take, give is what I just learned. Hope that you did as well. Yeah. Hope you're taking notes. Yeah. And I want to speak to that really quick because, you know, I grew up in an environment where competition was a real thing. I sold commercial printing for a number of years. I sold HVAC for a number of years. And look, that is a dog eat dog world, right? You get in there, hell of the competition, you win at all costs, those type of things. That's right. But as I launched my own business, what I realized, if I brought that energy and that mentality to business, I'm going to burn a lot of bridges along the way. Absolutely. So I just decided, man, there's no competition. There's only collaboration, man. How can we get in? I tell everybody, there's going to be people that follow me that are into my message. There's going to be people that are into you and follow your message. Yep. We can both provide a crap ton of value for them. I look at it like the Super Bowl. And it's really simple. My team's going to root for my for me, right? So maybe yep. I'm the Dallas Cowboys, whatever, right? They're going to root for me. But when the Super Bowl happens and we figure out how to collaborate and bring everybody together, nobody gives a damn who's playing. We just want to watch the commercials. Watch the <laughs> In that example, but, and actually but, I'm here in Kansas City, so I'll be the Chiefs. And I don't know. I, I, there I don't you know go. The Dallas Cowboys are going to be the Chiefs. But I'm just kidding. Such a great example. <laughs> I hope we are talking such thick stuff right now. I really just i am trying to point out to the listener. I hope you're paying attention. Not just even taking notes, but I hope you're like really processing this because you have people in your industry, in your market right now that would totally chop your head off. And maybe you're the guy trying to chop his head off. I don't know, but there's a there's an atmosphere that must change. And it starts right here, just like this. It starts with abundance. And it starts with then reaching out and having collaboration, being willing to collaborate. This entire time, I'm looking at Donnie's website going, how do I do something with this guy? And like other people might look at our two websites and be like, it looks like you guys do the same thing. First off, we don't. But it's close enough, and I understand. But right. I'm literally, like, I got it up here on the other screen. I'm like, I, I got to figure out a way to collaborate with this guy, right? The whole time. And we will. There, there's going to be, whether it's an event or something, there, there's going to be something there. I'm, truthfully, I'm talking to a lot of people right now, and I'm like, all right, there's a lot of us that have these peer groups. There's a lot of us that have these, where we bring a lot of people together. Why the hell are we not creating our own Super Bowl? Why are we not bringing all of our people together, right? My people are going to root for my team. Your people are going to root for your team. But if we did a massive-ass event, we can fill a room and impact a lot of damn lives doing it. So yeah, we'll I figure agree. out something. I agree. Okay, let's get into some practicality here. You've obviously, you're building oh. this business, but you've built some other businesses and you've transitioned out of corporate. You've got a lot of experience. And so I want to know of a good decision that you made that was practical, that you would do over and over again, maybe that the listeners can take away and apply in their business today. Uh, the best decision I ever made in business was to literally automate everything. Our biggest hire was an automation specialist. And all they did is come in and look at everything, every lever, every mechanism, and figured out how to automate every process. It's not foolproof and things do break. But let me tell you, when everything can be automated, dude, it's insanity. The second best thing that I did was I brought in a fractional mentoring officer that came in and not only mentored me, but it mentored a lot of my executive teams and a lot of my staff because a lot of the people that work for us are all corporate rejects, right? They all left corporate America at some point, launched their own companies, and then they found their way to us. And there's a lot of different mentality games. There's a lot of different leveling up. So I brought in Bob, who's a corporate mentor guy. And then I brought in Mandy Morris, who's a therapist. And my entire executive team sees a therapist. A lot of my staff see therapists. 
because if you don't work on the individual, they're going to just do a job for you. And we don't want yeah. you people to just do a job for us. We need people to run for us and yeah. want to be there. So we invested heavily in them. So I know that was three decisions, but they were all Dude. majorly impactful on the company. Yeah. And no, I appreciate you sharing. I think that those are real. A little bit of, a little bit of the listener might be thinking a little bit of woo, a little bit of sounds funny, sounds nice, but is that really practical for me? You've got guys in your groups that are probably much smaller than you and maybe can't quote unquote facilitate that type of lift. What would you suggest for that type of person, that type of business owner? Here's the truth. It is a little woo, but the only people who call it a little woo is the people who haven't worked on their damn self. Let's oh, be I honest. Love it. That's good. Uh, That's good. I'm not the crazy person that talks to aliens woo type of thing, but I think <laughs> the mindset game and working on yourself. For an individual, there is people at all levels. So there's guys like Bob that are just starting their company out. All they want to do is mentor and help people, man. They're out there. You just got to put in the time, energy, and effort to go find these people. And if you're small and you can't afford a big budget, go find somebody starting out and saying, hey, why don't yeah, I be your guinea pig? Why don't you come work with us and figure that barter that early stuff? That's right. But if you can't take two seconds to look at yourself or your team and go, okay, how do I invest in them? What can I find to invest in them? Yeah. Then why are you in business in the first place? Because this is going to be a money grab, which means it's not going to last. You're right. not going to enjoy the process because if it's only about money, then why the hell are you doing it? Yeah. Yeah, it's got to be something more, which is why my first question is about the burning desire because it it always starts out as money, or at least we think it does, but it always has to go to more than that. And I think you've given us some super practicals there. Hey, kings and queens, Jazz Wolf, I want to talk to you about something that's super important to me. We put a lot of time and effort, we meaning myself and my team, into this podcast, into the content that goes out every single day. And if you have been getting any sort of value or insight from this, we want it to be able to reach other business owners too. So we would love if you would like, comment, share, leave a review, post, share again, <laughs> all of the things on social media, on all the different platforms, or even on the podcast mediums of Apple and Spotify. We would love to be able to get our content into more hands, more entrepreneurs, so they can grow their business as quick as possible. Together, we are building a community of like-minded entrepreneurs who are committed to growing their businesses to new heights. So let's do this. Let's help each other. Let's help each other grow. What would be a, a bad decision? You're not so great hour that you can share with us and hopefully maybe keep us away from. So we once upon a time made a massive decision. I'm going to tell the story then I'll come back to the decision. Made yeah. a massive decision. And when it hit our client base, we lost almost 50% of our client base. Wow. And what happened was, is we made a decision that we were going nothing but a particular type of business. So you had to be a business owner and then we we're going to put the entire network, all of our client base, we're going to be in fit this particular mold. What we had not done is two things. We did not survey our client base and we did not look hard enough at the industries we were serving. So when we made the call within 24 hours, my phone was blowing up, my email was blowing up. People were calling for meetings and I went and met with one of our groups and sat down and they were livid. They're like, look at this entire group. Do you not realize that choice you made just cut us all off? Where yeah. I, like literally they all quit on me right there. So in 24 hours, I had to go retract this whole decision process that we were going to get dialed in. Yeah. And we were on the verge of doing the ultimate like sacrifice of our business with the decision. And wow. it was on my part, just an emotional call. So I would tell you that I'm a very fast decision maker and I like to make decisions very fast. 
you need to sit on your big decisions for 24 hours. And this is something a mentor of mine told me. He goes, if you're as excited about it, after you get a good night's sleep, probably have a cocktail, relax for the evening, whatever, if it's still there the next day, it may be worth doing. But if in 24 hours, the emotion's gone out of it, don't pull the trigger on that thing. And it saved my butt a ton moving forward. Yeah, I appreciate that. I think that you gave actually several micro lessons in that, the surveying of the clients and paying attention to who you're serving currently before you make massive decisions like that is, is great. The slowing down, it's a slowing down to speed up. And I, I am so shocked. Like you said at the very beginning, some of the things that you were sharing at the beginning of your journey in all this was that you were sharing some basic stuff. And, but it was so profound to a lot of business owners. And this is one of the concepts that I feel like when I share it, it seems so simple, but so many people just chase their tail over and over. They're complete reactionary to their decisions. And it's because of this right here. They don't slow down to speed up. And it's okay. It's NASCAR. They have a pit stop. They got to change the tires, change the wheel. If you don't, it's just going to fall apart and people just keep going and then they fall apart. What do you say to that? You're a hundred percent spot on. And trust me, slowing down frustrates the hell out of me. Amen. Me too. It's <laughs> like we're slogging through it, right? And we're like, guys, just can we just pull the trigger on this already? Yep. And luckily, I've got a really good team that you know has figured out one how to talk to me yeah. because I can be very fast. Yeah. I can be somewhat hot headed sometimes. And but they've learned to talk to me to say, hey, let's think about this before we just pull the trigger. And I'll tell you, more often than not, they've saved my butt because the direction I was going to go would have derailed us. Yeah. So I think. Often, and it was Bob that said it to me, he goes, you've got to look at your business and if it doesn't have a process to it, it's not a thing. And if that process isn't documented somewhere, it's not a process. Mm. And so what we found through a lot of it is we've had to slow down to add additional processes in. And what people don't understand, and I hope your listeners take value from this, is it's not the CEO's job to create the process. They create it initially. We come up and go, okay, this is how I think it should work. And then you have to give that process to somebody else. Let them go tinker with it, change it up, get it better. And it's not until they give it to that third person that actually implements that process and finally puts the last tweaks on there. Is it an actual process? Because everything you're going to put into it or the first person who's creating the process puts into it, is theory. This is how I yeah. think it should go. Yep. So we call this AD, which is you take action, you document it, then you delegate to somebody else. Okay. They take it, they take action on it, they document their changes, they delegate to somebody else, that becomes the process. Yeah. And if people yeah, will follow that. that format, that it'd be hugely impactful for them. Yeah, I think so. And we'll put that in the show notes as well. I think that's super valuable. The What that keeps people from, I feel like I'm always talking, especially as a visionary, if the listener can relate, we talk in conceptual thoughts. Like Donnie just said, I think it should go this way. Or better yet, I'm going to talk about making a process. Not even the actual process, but I'm going to just talk about that thing over there that needs a process. And then for whatever reason in my brain, like I checked the box of like, well, I created a process for that because I talked yeah. about making a process for that. <laughs> yep. 100%. 100%. No, no, you got to sit down. And you got to put some attentional thought and then documentation to this and then delegate it out. And I love your iteration of making it real is really what it comes down to. So I appreciate that. What about decision making? So I'm going to, same lane here. I want to make good decisions still. You've given us good and bad, but what sort of a step or a formula? I'm sure you've got one. You've given us already a couple formulas, but decision making, I want to make good decisions. I want to be a good CEO. How do I do that? Or how do you do it? 
So for me is I pick my lanes of where I'm allowed to make decisions. I'm naturally fast paced, right? If it's revenue of the company, my call, right? If it's operational, I'm out. You do not want me touching the operational side of things. I will give input all day long. You have to know your lanes. And this is one of the ways I explain this to my team is every morning I go walk my farm and I've got a full working farm here in addition to running the companies. And I'll take my German shepherds out, let them go run the field. And I will walk gate to gate. As I walk down that gate to my right, I got a creek. It's a natural spring creek that's 40 foot down. Wow. To my left is a barbed wire fence that keeps my goats and everything in. Right? So I got this road to walk on. I got too far left, I'm into a fence. Too far right, I fall into a damn creek. When it comes to decision making, you've got to put your boundaries on, right? You've got yeah. to know where your lanes are. And if you don't know where your lanes are, you're going to make a lot of bad calls. Because yeah. often guys that run fast pace, which I'm assuming a lot of your listeners are, we fire from the hip very often. And if you're always firing from the hip without taking two seconds to slow down or from military perspective, you don't know your lanes of fire, then you're going to make a lot of decisions that you're going to have to come back and clean up and fix or redo. Yep. Look at specifically what decisions you should be making in your company and then have faith enough in the rest of your team of what area they should be making decisions on and then empower them to go make those decisions and back to play good and bad. If they make a call and it goes south, that's on you. You gave them the permission to make the call. It's not on them, right? And you have to take ownership of that moment. Now we got to come back and fix it and say, okay, cool. That didn't go so well. How do we keep it from not happening again? What do we do now to fix this mess? Yeah. But you can't look at them and go, oh my God, I can't believe you screwed all that up. No, that was your call. You told them they go make the decision. Yeah. Yeah. You're strengthening that relationship so that way they can go back out and do it again and not be gun shy. Because if you ruin that moment, that opportunity, they will be gun shy. And then you've just bought yourself their job. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> you just bought their job. That was well said. That was well yeah. said. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You said something inside of there that I think is applicable. And I want to know if, it, if you feel like it transfers. When I think about my house and I think about my wife and I think about our family, and obviously there's a lot of things that operate like a business and I don't mean to make it systematic or robotic, but the lanes, the language that you're using around lanes is the same language that I use with my wife. I'm like, okay, we've established, this is your lane. These are the things that you make the call on. And these are the things that I'm running hard in. And I've used the same language of, look, I know I can run hard because she's over there running hard and I don't try to get in her lane because that slows her down. I yield to her and she yields to me in our respective lanes. And then at the end of the day, we come together and if there's something that we need to do together, then great. Everything that you just gave in a business works in a marriage. Would you agree or disagree? Oh, 100% agree. So far, my wife and I have had separate bank accounts since the day we were married. And the reason we set that up even out the gate was she wanted her money. I wanted my money. We have a joint account where we pay everything. And we don't have the money fights. If she wants more money, then go get more money. If I need more money, and for sure, I'm the breadwinner. For sure, I paid for a lot of the cool, fun things we get to go do. Sure. But she always has carte blanche to do whatever she wants. An interesting thing is literally as we're recording this, my wife is five days away from not working for anybody else ever again. She's going to come home and just run the farm. And we've been working towards that for a while. We just need to get to hit a couple of plateaus in the business. Yeah. So now, and my wife, she's not like an over ambitious entrepreneur type of person. Yeah. But you put her a task and she's driven as hell. Oh, yeah. So I'm like, babe, come home, take care of the farm, whatever you need. I'll financially freaking take care of it all and run it. And the nice thing is her and I could never work together. We'd kill <laughs> each other. 
just the way we're wired. But letting her take this on, and it, she can go as big as she wants with it. She wants to go yeah. crazy big with it, we'll go crazy big with it. If she wants to do it as a kind of a hobby, we'll go as a hobby with it. But if you don't know your lanes and what responsibilities and things you have, man, you're going to be all over the place. And it's not just marriage, it's freaking everything in life. That's right. I'm not a work-life balance guy. I don't think that's a, a real thing. Yeah. I'm a work-life integration, especially if you run a business, man, because it's all yeah. one thing. If you run a business, you're never going to stop thinking about the damn business. Yep. You're going to be thinking about, okay, what's my next investment? What's my next move? Ah, oh, crap, that broke. Right? Yeah. Be where you are in the moment. Be with the family. I'm a family first guy. Be with the family. Just don't beat yourself up for thinking about the business when you're hanging with the family. Just bring yourself back to hanging with the damn family. Yeah. Yeah. Super practical. You jumped ahead and stole one of my surprise speed round <laughs> questions. So I appreciate that. I, I'm going to elaborate on it though, because I want, I want to give you an opportunity because you just gave us, you opened it up and you did such a great job. I just really appreciate that. I'm in a hundred percent alignment with you that there is no such thing as balance. And uh, the word that I use instead of integration, I love the word integration, by the way. Thank you. Because you're right. It's a coming together of all of it. And if we can't, if we, if first off, we don't have that recognition that it's all together and it's all intertwined, then for trying to look for something that doesn't exist, which is the balance. I like the word obsession. And so I know that I've been successful in multiple businesses and in multiple industries in a very short period of time and now over a long period of time because of my obsession with success, with business, with people building, with personalities, with growing myself, like you name it, right? This is what we do as entrepreneurs. Okay. But the obsession with my marriage, I have to raise that up just like I did with my business. I have to raise my obsession with my children. Recently, probably over the last probably three or four years, this phraseology that I'm using has come to me, but coloring with my four-year-old doesn't sound super, it doesn't get my juices flowing like doing a podcast with a guy like you. But what does get my juices flowing, because building a, doing a podcast with you is building, I'm building something cool. That's what right. gets my juices flowing. So when I'm coloring with my four-year-old, now it's turned into, I'm building my son. And it's like, yes. okay, that just took me to a whole nother level of obsession. So what are your thoughts on you're integrating, but what about doing them both at the same time? You said, okay, if I'm with the family and I'm thinking about the business, don't harp on it, but bring yourself back. I love that's a present kind of feeling. What would you say to kind of what I've said here? So I'll tell just a really quick story and I'll get through it fast. But there was a time early on in my business, about six months in, where we almost lost the farm. Literally, I walked out the wow. back door of my farm. My wife's Jeep is missing. It got repossessed. We were three months behind on the mortgage. My wife and I had to both go cash in our 401ks to literally save the farm and bet on me that I could build this business, right? It was a scary yeah. freaking moment. And probably one of my lowest moments of my entire life. That evening, I went up to the mirror in my bathroom and I looked myself in the mirror and I tried to say the words, I'm proud of you, but I couldn't fully get the words out because I wasn't proud of me, right? Mm -hmm. And instantly, as I tried to say those words, a thought pops in my head, it goes, no, you're not, dude. You're not carrying on your part of the marriage. You're not doing any things you need to do to build this business. So the next day I had to get out and really start busting my ass to go try and build this business and figure out what the business was and get it all going. And the second night, I went up to the mirror and said, I'm proud of you. And there was a part of me that was the activity and the amount of effort I put in for the day, but also said, dude, you can do more. So I'm like, it wasn't fully proud of me. And I kept doing this every day where I was going to the mirror just saying, I'm proud of you. And every day, man, freaking something would pop up in the back of your head and say, no, you're not doing this thing. And that became the next thing I had to go fix or go work on. And this became my regiment and my routine. And it was interesting. Once we turned the companies around and had them really freaking rocking and rolling, I went to the mirror one night and I said, I'm proud of you. And I go, no, you're not. You're not dedicating the time to your wife. What I realized is I hadn't been sitting down with her having a cup of coffee. I hadn't been sitting down with her freaking getting to hear about her day and her time. I was so invested in the freaking business trying to get the ship righted. 
that I wasn't giving her time. So I had to freaking curtail my entire company to give her the time she needed. So I love your idea of the obsession because that's literally what I had to do with her is I had to get obsessed with her and what she wanted to do in life. And I didn't know until this moment that she wanted to quit working for other people. I thought she was loving what she was doing. I thought she was into it. But that was yeah, when I first awesome. started realizing she wanted to come home and work the farm and and really make this all happen. So we turned everything in that direction to make it happen. And I love the word obsession way more than I like the word passion. I don't think people actually understand passion, but that obsession to make it right, that's huge. And do coloring with your four-year-old, that's beautiful, brother. That's the stuff that's going to imprint long-lasting memories on them. Yeah. Dude, I appreciate the, appreciate the comments and then also the kind words, but what you've shared is real. That's what I want to point out to the listener. It's like, this is real life. This is how it works. Even for the guys that have quote unquote figured it out. Donnie hasn't figured out anything. I haven't figured out anything that you can't, or maybe that sure. you're not in the process of. This is regular life. This morning I got, today's my 15 year wedding anniversary. And down there, down oh, congrats, in the kitchen this morning. Awesome. Thanks man. Appreciate it. We got in a little tiff. It's like, ah, this is not, no, stop. We leave tomorrow to go on an incredible cruise. Stop. This is not worth it. And of course, you at for 15 years, 18 years of knowing each other, you're like, okay, kissy, love you. You put the BS to the side because I'm obsessed. And sometimes the intensity of being obsessed causes issues for us in our business and or in our marriage, but that's okay. That's another podcast. I, I 100% agree with you. And I want to speak to that two seconds because we had our 17 this year together going on nice. almost 20. And let me tell you, there is so much strength in having a ride or die. Oh, yeah. Having somebody that when you're going through the thick of it, won't let you wallow. Because every once in a while, right. you just want to throw your freaking hands up in the air and go, what the? And you're riding die. is like, all right, what are you going to do next? He's not on my watch. That's <laughs> 100%. It's so good. Oh, so good. So. Okay. I got one last question here for you. Actually, no, two. I don't want to rush this. I want to make sure that I get like a business resource. Uh, of course, you've got a podcast. Please mention that. But maybe a favorite book. Like where can we glean some of the knowledge that you've gotten from a resource? Probably the, the funnest thing is so we literally have the Badass Business Summit in September of 20, this year, September 20 through 23rd this year, Fort Worth, Texas. Love it. We got speakers flying in from all over. One of our speakers, Jordan, did a half a billion dollar exit two years ago. Um, we'll be talking again about how to freaking really scale a business. We got some other heavy headers coming in, so it's going to be a phenomenal cool. event. So come check that out, badassbusinesssummit.com. Book-wise, my favorite book that I've ever written is up behind me. It's, I will say, try and say the whole word out there, but it's F to focused. So put the F word in front, to focus, out on Amazon. We dropped the price down as cheap as we could possibly do it to damn near give it away for free. But that will tell my entire story and how we built to here and the process for others to follow that path along the way. Love oh, and the name of the podcast, because you asked, is Growth Mode. Yeah, you're, you're a living, breathing example of... When someone else says, hey, I read this book, it's this guy's book or it's this guy's podcast. So I just, again, just appreciate you even starting these things, being willing to put forth the effort so that way you even have a book to sell. You probably don't hear that very often, but man, thanks for just doing the work of providing value. It's a lot. All right. Finally, my last question. I want to know, Donnie, if you had a chance to whisper in the younger Donnie's ear, what would you say? Go screw up faster. The Biggest hurdle I think I had in life is I felt like failure was failure. If I screwed something up, that was a representation of me as a person or yeah. me as a personality or me as an identity. 
Rocky Balboa has got the greatest quote of all times, which is, it's not about how hard you can hit, it's about how hard you can take a hit and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. And I'm telling you, man, there's no such thing as failure. Life is a damn experiment. And as long as you look at it as an experiment, this way didn't work. Cool. Let's go experiment a different way so it does work. Apply the lessons learned from everything that you screw up. If you've never seen Peter Dinklage's commencement speech, it's one of the greatest ones of all time. And you only need to see a one, two minute clip. And the idea behind it is he comes out, he says, fail, fail better, fail faster, fail forward. Yeah. And the whole way you hear Peter Dinklage saying it, it's just so much powerful coming out of such a great actor. And I think if I would have heard those words early on, I can't imagine how much more bigger my empire would have been back in the day if I was willing to take the damn hits and keep walking forward. Yeah. Such a good message. I think it's real. It's tough in the moments to have the actual persistence that you're talking about. hundred percent. You've already given us some examples of those moments for you, but the listener, they have that moment as well, or maybe moments where they've had to take the punch, take the hit. But Think and Grow Rich talks about persistence and a stick-to-itiveness is how I kind of like to say it. And so I appreciate that because it is a hundred percent true and it's absolutely needed. Yeah, for sure. And let's be honest, man, any of us that have quote unquote found any sort of level of success, it's yeah. because we were too dumb to quit at some point. A hundred percent. We got stacked up against it. All logic said, throw in the towel. And we're like, nope, we're going to keep going because we love this misery. We love Screw this pain. you. We I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's okay, it. Donnie, you've been incredible. So much value in such a short period of time. You've already talked about some of your events, but tell us where we can find the event, where we can find you, where they can just connect if they want to connect with you on social. Give us all that information if you don't mind. Yeah. Before I do all this, let me do something for you, Janice. Guys, this has been a powerful conversation. I've enjoyed the hell out of it. Janice is really good at pulling out some great, amazing content. Dude, if you got any value out of this conversation between us or any of his other episodes, do him the honor of sharing this show out with one person. I can tell you, I have my own show. The hardest thing in the world to do is to build an audience and to reach and inspire and touch as many lives. So if you could do him the honor of literally telling one buddy, one friend about this show, it's literally like giving him a virtual hug and it'll mean everything to him. <laughs> So for me, Reach. go to badassbusinesssummit.com. <laughs> go to badassbusinesssummit.com. Come check it out. It's four days, all about business growth, all about leveling up in your business. Find me at donnybovine.com and it's donnybovine on all social media. Friggin' tell me that you heard me on this podcast. And one of the coolest ways you can share this out for somebody, take a screenshot on your phone where you're doing this. If you're watching on YouTube, and use that as part of a social post with your takeaways from this episode. And you'll be amazed how many people lean into you providing that value out there for them. Yeah, I appreciate that. Also, too, this is me and the listener. We just separated from Donnie for a half second. I wondered if you guys noticed his give, give, one more give before the take there at the end. So I just really appreciate that. Thank you for being here, Donnie. I really do mean that. I really do mean that we're going to collaborate on some form or fashion. It's just inevitable. It's already a done deal. We just need to figure out the details. Thank you for being here and adding value to my audience. And I hope that in return, your audience and you, your team, everything is blessed in 2023. Thank you for being here. Uh, my honor, brother. Thanks for having me. Keep rocking, dude. This is well done. Thank you for listening to Gathering the Kings today. I hope that you were able to pull out a few nuggets to go apply into your business right away. More importantly, though, I hope that you're realizing that it takes more to be successful than just being by yourself, doing it all on your own, carrying the weight all by yourself. 
what I have realized not only in my own journey from multiple businesses and multiple different industries and now interviewing over two or 300 other very successful seven, eight and nine figure business owners is that it's tough to do it alone. And so Gathering the Kings exists to bring together successful entrepreneurs. In fact, we are putting together 1000 Kings specifically who are grateful, but not done. We're intentionally assembling Kings who fight tooth and nail for their business, family, and communities. And here's what we believe that in the pursuit of excellence in those areas, that it ignites within us the responsibility to govern power and forge a lasting legacy. So if that relates and, and resonates with you, and you know that you need people around you, sharp, qualified, other very successful business owners, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com. I want you to take a look at what we're doing and see if it makes sense for you to be part of our pursuit to 1,000 Kings. Talk soon.